Hello, race fans, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast. I am your host, Scott Stiller. Thanks for finding us. Coming up on this week's podcast, our special guest, Scott Dixon, driver of the number nine PNC Bank Chip Ganassi Racing Honda in the NTT IndyCar Series, and local racer and businessman Daryl Charlier. Not only is Daryl a third-generation racer, he's the owner of Three Rivers Karting in Leedsdale. We'll talk racing and how he's mentoring the next group of Western Pennsylvania racers. We're going to start, though, with a quick recap of the NASCAR action this weekend at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California. On Saturday, Harrison Burton picked up the win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. The win was Burton's first career Xfinity Series win. Hendrick Motorsports' Alex Bowman took home the win in Sunday's Auto Club 400. Kyle Busch finished second, and Chip Ganassi Racing's Kurt Busch finished third. Busch's Ganassi Racing teammate Kyle Larson did not have as good a day. Larson started ninth, but Denny Hamlin attempted to bump draft Larson down the front stretch. He didn't hit Larson square and turned the number 42 McDonald Chevrolet into the outside wall. Larson lost two laps fixing the damage and rallied to a 21st place finish one lap down. Shifting gears to IndyCar racing, a little under two weeks before the season opener at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, the race uses part of the Albert Winded Airport and the city streets to make up the 14-turn, 1.8-mile street course. PNC Bank Chip Ganassi Racing Scott Dixon finished second in last year's race at St. Pete. The five-time IndyCar Series champion has four second-place finishes and a third-place finish in the event, but has never won it. We caught up with Scott for a couple of minutes to talk about the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete, as well as a few other topics. How far up are you guys to get the 2020 IndyCar season started with the 16th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg? Yeah, looking forward to it. It's been uh, it's been a long long off season, you know. There's uh, and I think one of the biggest changes this off season hasn't been too much testing. So actually, I've been one of the lucky ones that said to at least test, you know, the aero screen early on. But uh, I think Felix has, has had one day so far before you know the the season uh, kicks off March 15th, and we get one day next week, I think. Uh, it's Sebring before we fire off. So I, I'm pumped, man. Everybody's excited to get going again. Is that something as a racer? Uh, you've been fortunate enough. You've run a couple of races this <laughs> off season with the 24 hours and uh, running over to Bathurst. So you get a chance to scrape the rust off. I was talking with your corporate teammate last week before Daytona, Kyle Larson, and he said one of the reasons he jumps in the sprint car all the time is to you know keep his skills sharp. And and he just kind of said it uh, as an aside. He's like, I don't know how the IndyCar guys do it. It is tough. You know, I think it's hard to, you know, that this is the first time in, in, in a while I've kind of stepped out of, you know, the, the situation of, of running for Chip. You know, Chip typically, you know, the last four years, um, you know, we'd had the Ford GT program at Daytona and, you know, other races throughout the season. Uh, but this year, you know, I joined Wayne Taylor's team at Daytona 24, which worked out fantastically and, and winning uh, my fourth Daytona, which was uh, a little bit unexpected, I think, going into that race. But, you know, they, uh, the car was fantastic and we were able to go on to win. And then, you know, stepping out of kind of my comfort zone and going down to Bathurst for the first time, you know, obviously a big fan of that race uh, for the Bathurst 1000. You know, I thought it'd be nice to, to go and do the 12-hour um, in a GT3 car, which, you know, was, was really difficult and really different to drive. Um, so yeah, it was, it was actually a busy off season and, and really difficult in trying to wrap my head around these different style of cars too, that, that I hadn't driven for, for quite a few years. So, you know, uh, I don't know if it necessarily makes you any better for the season. I do agree with Kyle that it, that it, you know, it is great to be running and racing a car. Uh, but it's just making sure that you don't get too adapted to something else as well. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun off season. And, and I think the addition with a, with a new baby, probably the timing wasn't uh, you know that, that great as well. But but uh, everything is, is working out just fantastic. Congratulations on the new addition. How are Kit, Emma, and the girls? Everybody's doing really well. You know, it's uh, I think it definitely has been a bit of a reset for us. You know, I think when when you know you look at Tilly's eight and Poppy's ten, so there's been a, a little bit of a, a lull. Uh, you know, with with Kit arriving, but. Um, he's been amazing. You know, he's, he's very, uh, very chilled and very relaxed and, and, uh, already sleeping, you know, very well through the night. So it's, uh, you know, for us, I think it was, you know, we'd 
probably wanted more kids earlier on. It just, you know, with, with uh, how things working out, never really did. But, um, you know, excited to, to have a, a healthy uh, healthy baby in the house. And, and uh, we were shocked as well. We didn't know what the, the sex was going to be. And uh, to, to see it was a boy. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with the boy, man. I've had two girls, so I'm excited. Yeah, hey, kind of balance out the uh, house a little bit there, huh? Exactly, exactly. Need to. Hey, I got to ask you, when you guys, uh, you did some testing with the Aero screen, and I know it's an ongoing evolution as far as that's concerned, but uh, how's it been working out so far? And uh, I, I think once everybody got all over the initial shock of how it looks, I think the cars look phenomenal. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely been some evolutions, you know, and, and I think uh, once they got to this final version with, with the help of, you know, PPG and, and Red Bull Technologies, you know, Red Bull had kind of uh, tried to implement this, you know, to the car for, um, you know, Formula One. Formula One and the FIA decided to go with just the Halo, which is, you know, kind of the frame piece. And, and now having both, I think, you know, IndyCar is probably a little bit special too with, you know, the oval racing and the way the debris field can be in a lot of smaller pieces. So I think this covers uh, both bases. And, you know, honestly, it's been very smooth. You know, I think the only kind of hiccup throughout the off season, um, which was kind of to be expected, was just a lack of airflow, you know, right? So it became, you know, the car's a lot more enclosed. You know, the driver then became a lot, you know, hotter just because, you know, there was nothing to call you. So, you know, uh, I think through the series of testing that, you know, we were, we were able to participate in a little bit, plus other teams, um, they came up with some, some uh, good ducting and, and some areas uh, for improvement on that. And it's uh, it's honestly been pretty seamless. They've done a, a fantastic job. And, and uh, we had the first open test at Coda a week or two ago, and, and everything seemed to go pretty smoothly. Well, you'll definitely get to test the ducting out when you guys hit the streets of St. Petersburg. Tenth consecutive year the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is going to be the season opener for the IndyCar Series. And it seems like each and every year they keep building and building and building. Last year, it was packed for three days, and we had gorgeous weather. And I really think it's a great uh, – for all of us here in, you know, between Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, the Northeast, Midwest, anywhere they've been dealing with snow, they're ready for some sunshine come this time of the year. Yeah, I think in, in the way, you know, depending on spring breaks and things like that and how it, uh, you know, it, it matches up with that. But yeah, you know, you said it, man, like especially with the teams, a lot of the teams are, are based in, you know, the Midwest or Indianapolis or, or Charlotte, you know, and, and everybody at that time of year, you know, is, is ready for the winter to be over and ready to get some warm weather. But, you know, for, for the drivers and for the teams, you know, it's also a lot of built up energy of, of five months of, of not racing. So, you know, uh, everybody wants to get out there and, and maybe prove a point a little bit. So it's what always makes uh, the first race pretty exciting, especially that first turn one and, you know, that big wide uh, airport runway, you know, cycling down to, you know, one or two car woods. So it's definitely that time of year and, and everybody's uh, gearing up for, for a big season. What's it take to get around that course quickly? Like take us through a fast lap. What's the key? It changes each year, but I think, you know, you, you, you definitely got to be aggressive on braking, you know, and, and, and making sure that the car rolls through the corner. You know, you're going from 170 to 180 miles an hour down to, you know, first or second gear in turn one, you know, maybe at 45 or 50, and then trying to get flat through, you know, turn two, turn three, that creates a lot of speed and a lot of, uh, you know, time getting into turn four. Turn four typically is quite bumpy getting in there. Uh, and then you've got the flow of four through nine and, and, these slow speed corners, especially with our style of car, is where if you can gain, you know, a mile or two per hour, you know, through the apexes of these corners, you know, you just start eating up time, which is uh, which is what you want to do. And then you've got a fast run down to 10, 10, you know, opens up quite quickly before you get to, to the water. Um, and then through that fast right left. And through the fast right left, you've got to be really careful. You know, it seems each year that you know, people can get caught out and, and turn, uh, you know, 12, 13, you know, before you get to, to the last corner of 14. And, and, you know, if you do make a mistake there, you're going through that corner probably 150, 160 miles an hour. Things can go wrong pretty quickly. And then uh, that last corner is key, man. It's uh, it's extremely long. You've got to have a really strong front end, but you've got to be able to get to the power fast. And that's where you can pick up a lot of uh, a lot of speed and you know, make a lot of passes in the race too to get around either lap traffic or, or, or counterparts that you're racing. So it's a tough track. You know, I think any of these three courses – that you get to, you know, just you're confined by brick walls, right? And you're racing within, you know, uh, inches of, of these walls and, and trying to get the maximum sort of, uh, you know, grip out of the car. And, and uh, that's what makes it, one, exciting for the drivers, but for, for the fans as well. You know, it's amazing how these street courses uh, seem to just draw people 
uh, to them. And I was trying to explain to uh, some t- typical stick and ball sport people uh, that it's it's basically like a giant party, for lack of a better term. It's a race surrounded by a party. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how much the drivers enjoy the street circuits versus the road courses versus the ovals. Yeah, I think you know they're all they're all very different. You know, you've got the likes of road courses like Mid Ohio, which are like a big you know family camping atmosphere. To you know the likes of St. Pete, where you know it is pretty much a big party. You know, and and you've got you know you've got music, you've got tons of different categories. You've got maybe you know the trucks, you know, doing jumps, and uh, you've got you know the the big race with the Indy car. But you know, there, there's a ton of interactive stuff too. You know, for the kids, and you know, even for mum and dad. You know, there, there's there's just a lot going on. You know, it's more of a festival uh, that that uh, you know definitely has the height of the race. You know, come Sunday and, and and the big finale. But you know, I think that's that's what's really important these days is making sure that there's something there for, for everybody in the family. You know, it's not just the hardcore motor racing enthusiast, you know, that wants to go check out the cars and things like that. There's, there's other things, you know, throughout the day, uh, that can, can keep you amused and, and, uh, you know, keep you, uh, interested. And, you know, St. Pete, I think do a, a fantastic job of that. And, and it's more because of the city really embraces the race as well and they get involved and they promote it and they make it fun for everybody. So, you know, uh, they're very lucky to, to have, uh, that support of, of everybody in that community. And, and it really shows, uh, once you get there. You know, one of the things I, that I try and encourage fans to do when they go to an IndyCar race, I said, get a paddock pass so you can get down around the teams and the drivers. And uh, they do a phenomenal job at St. Pete with how they lay out the paddock. Yeah, it's very open. You know, I think IndyCar is probably the most open sport, you know, that I've ever seen. You know, there's, you know, if you look at, you know, the likes of maybe NFL or, or uh, even basketball, you, you know, you're never even going to get the opportunity uh, to to you know, get up close or give an autograph or, or whatever it is from a driver or, or see the cars, touch the cars, you know, as they're lining up to, to go out onto the track. So, you know, it, it does create, um, you know, a lot of uh, that, you know, TV is, is, they do a great job these days, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't justify everything, you know, and, and you know, being able to see and touch and, you know, you know, hearing these cars, you know, doing crazy speeds on the streets that you can typically drive it and you know you're limited to maybe 30 miles an hour and you know an indy car is doing 180 miles an hour on these streets you know so it's it is uh it's a lot about uh you know seeing and witnessing it and, and getting out there and, and i think that uh, definitely makes a big difference you you hit the nail on the head you can go to, you can watch any sporting event but if there's one that is totally different when you're sitting in the seats it's racing because you get the whole for lack of a better term maybe the whole visceral effect of the sound and the smell and the sensation of the speed yeah i agree i agree I know. Before I, I know, you got a jam-packed schedule. Uh, the game plan, as always, for the number nine PNC Bank Chip Ganassi Racing Honda this year is what? Win. You know, it's uh, it's definitely been you know uh, at least for St. Pete. You know, we we've come up short. I think we've finished second there four or five times before, but but never been able to to get that victory. So you know, uh, be a great way to kick off. You know, the championship for us is to to try and you know go for a, for a win there. Uh, one one spot better than than we ended up last year, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I think we, we set two goals every year. First, to, to win the Annapolis 500, which comes up in May, and, and then secondly, to, to go on and try and capture our sixth championship, which uh, we'll, we'll be putting our head down hard and, and uh, you know, hopefully drive that PNC Bank number nine into victory lane. Hey, Scott, we appreciate the time. We know you're busy. Good luck this season. We'll see you in St. Pete in a couple of weeks. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Always great to talk to Scott Dixon. And have you seen the new PNC Bank campaign around Scott and the number nine PNC Bank team? Check it out. We'll post a link at our website, pittsburghracingnow.com. Thanks to Scott, the Ganassi team, as well as the folks at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. If you're going to be down at Pirate Spring Training, take a ride up to St. Pete and check out the action. Tickets are available at gpstpete.com. Shifting gears to local racing, Daryl Charlier is a third-generation racer who a little over a year ago opened Three Rivers Karting in Leedsdale, PA. We had a chance to visit the facility, which sits just off Route 65, to talk racing, to talk about his new venture, and how he wants everyone to come out and take a few laps. Joining us on the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast is Daryl Charlier. Daryl, how long have you been racing? When did you first get into racing? Yeah, hey, Scott. Great to have you here. Uh, that's a good question. It's been, now, now that I think about it, 18 years, and man, does time fly by. It just seems like yesterday I just got it started, but I'm a third-generation driver. My my grandfather raced at Heidelberg 
when it was up and running in Clinton and stuff like that. And then my dad uh, has also been traveling around the country racing and primarily at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway since they opened up in uh, 1979, I believe. So um, I was born into it, I guess. I grew up not far from Heidelberg and actually worked at the Ford dealer that sits where the track is. And the owner of the dealership still has in his office a picture of Heidelberg Raceway. And a lot of Heidelberg, uh, the grandstands and that ended out up at PPMS. Yeah, that's correct. I'm sure you can find a lot of those pictures around. And I'm sure he made a good uh, chunk of change on race night because I I'm, I'm bet them guys are probably there buying cars every weekend. So what appealed to you growing up in the sport what appealed to you to say you know what i want to try to do this uh i think just seeing my dad do it all the time always being down the shop um you know the one thing that is funny that you'll hear a lot of racers talk about is their racing family and um there's a lot of truth behind that it's a family like you'll never experience you know like your own family um, but just being down the garage every every weekend, every day, and being around race cars all the time and being at the track and just seeing the competition and seeing the speed and, and the roar of the engines. I mean, when you're, when you're a teenager, what else do you want to do? I mean, you're looking for that speed and adrenaline, and, and that was it for me. So when you finally got in behind the seat, when did the light bulb go off that, you know, hey, I, I, I can do this. I can be pretty good at doing this. Uh, well, I think I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, but, um, you know, I started in 2002, and it took me a while. I didn't actually get racing until I was 18. Um, I didn't wasn't fortunate enough to race any carts or anything like that growing up. Um, my dad was pretty serious into it, traveling around, uh, fighting for state championships and stuff like that. And honestly, he didn't want me to do it. Um, I think he kind of wanted me to stay out of it. And, and it was my grandfather that actually pushed him along to, to build me a car and, and finally get me into the seat. And then um, I would say, you know, I mean, you learn every day. You're still learning every week. And, and as long as that passion is still there, I still want to do it. So. Uh, and as long as I have the help to help me too. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I can continue this path for quite a few more years. So so take a look back at your 2019. How would you sum up your season on the track? Uh, 2019 was uh, not a good uh, year as far as races go. I think I only did maybe a handful of races. I, um, I, I started a business up in late 2018. And that kind of took up a lot of my time, especially working uh, since we're open seven days a week, uh, work a lot of weekends here. Um, so I didn't really get to travel that much and race or didn't get to race that much at all. I ended up selling a car, um, uh, which I ended up becoming good friends with the car owner and got to drive the car every once in a while, some of the bigger shows, uh, which was fun. And then I also uh, raced a little bit for some old family friends that had, had uh, a street stock and we got to travel around with the Penn Ohio series and do some racing but uh, I'm hoping 2020 uh, we got another car, and uh, I hope to do some of my own racing uh, under our own program uh, this year. Now, you talked a little about the business that you started in 2018, and tell everybody about what, you, what you're doing and, and what you started. Yeah, so we started a indoor go-karting facility here in Leedsdale off of Route 65 near Swickley. Um, it's exactly that's an entertainment type of business. I've always had a passion for racing. I always felt when I was growing up that I would find my way into the sport one way or another. Um, I went to school for engineering, hoping to become an engineer, a NASCAR, or something like this. And when I realized that dream wasn't happening, I started looking for other things to do. And um, we just... Growing up, um, me and my friends, we would play with the go-karts every weekend um, or throughout the week as well, and we just we, we did a trip, oh man, back in 2008, I believe, uh, down Florida. We experienced our first indoor karting facility. At the time, there was nothing in Pittsburgh that was doing that, and we were like, why do they do it where it's nice? Let's do it where it's cold, <laughs> um, and the weather's not always great, so that's what we wanted to do, and we've been working on it for the past 10 years um, to try to make that dream happen. So you have Three Rivers Indoor Karting. You're out here in the Leedsdale Industrial Park, right off of Route 65. You're open seven days a week. So what exactly is available to a race fan or uh, a family that wants to come in and check it out coming in off the street? Yeah, it's easy. Um, so what we 
we, we call it a Robin Drive, uh, which allows anybody off the street, as long as they're 10 years old, 54 inches tall, uh, they can come in uh, Monday through Sunday, and they could basically purchase a race package. They get to go out and race. Um, if they come with a group of friends, we'll get them in with their friends. If they come by themselves, they might be racing with other people. Um, but it's probably, I'm going to say, it's the closest thing to, to actual real-life racing uh, that most people are going to get. And that's what I love the most about it is those people that want to experience it but just don't have um, whether the backing or the sponsorships to do it and they always want to get into it or taste what it's like I try to provide that to them. Now, it was interesting when I walked in here tonight, you had a uh, youth group out there that you're coaching and mentoring. So talk a little bit about the programs that you have available along those lines. Yeah, so we offer a few different things for those diehard people or or, um, juniors or kids that want to get into the sport. And one of ours uh, that you witnessed today was our junior camp. And we do that about three times a year. It's an eight-week-long camp. Kids come in. Um, they will work with them on the track. We also do classroom talks. We do video footage. Uh, we, we go over different scenarios with them and trying to teach them the proper ways to take in lines, how to do passing, proper passing, uh, racing etiquette. Uh, that's a really big thing for me. So we make sure we go over those topics. And we just try to perfect their, their, their racing uh, experience and uh, just getting them faster around the track and be able to witness different things that are happening so that they can improve. Um, so we have our camp. We also, uh, for kids that are into karting or that do our camp, we do a junior league um, that's also eight weeks long. And this is take outside of the teaching aspect. We really don't do any teaching there. These kids just go out and they race and they compete for a position, um, and they're racing against other kids around their same age uh, on the track. And we do that on Tuesday nights. You just missed that one that was uh, yesterday. And then probably our biggest league is our adult league, um, which – it's pretty cool because not only does it pay out money uh, at our facility, but we are a part of an organization that uh, has 21 other facilities in the country that are all competing under the league, which is called the American E-Cart Championship League. And the winner of our summer league not only will represent us here at Three Rivers Carding, but will represent Pittsburgh, and they will go to Jacksonville to race against the other facilities for $10,000, which is a huge chunk of change for just doing some casual carding. That sounds like a blast. Where was that when I was 18, 19 growing up? I hear you. I'd say the same thing. It was We were outside playing. We didn't have these opportunities, I guess. So, What was the inspiration? Just going down to Florida, or did you sit there and say, because of the weather and because of how you were into racing, was it like, we got to figure out how to make this happen? Um, I like to think like I'm an entrepreneur. I, I have that type of thinking where – Working for somebody was just never good enough, and I always wanted to work for myself um, and be my own boss and stuff like that. And, and I did the grind. I mean, I was a mechanical engineer, um, and I did that for 10, 12 years. Um, so I, I'd done the grind, and I was just kind of getting tired of it and wanted to do my own thing. And and with racing being my passion and karting, uh, obviously a fun activity, and I enjoy having fun when I'm at work, and I enjoy seeing people have fun while they're here. Um, it just led me down this path. What's it like when you get one of the young kids comes in and you put him in the car and you can he takes to it right away, and and then you can start to begin that nurturing process and that mentoring process, and you just get to see him keep improving and improve and improve. Uh, describe that feeling. Uh, it, it gives you goose. Actually, it just gave me goosebumps now just talking about it. Um, it's it's great. I mean, I have a son myself, and, and I want to see him if he chooses to to go down this path as well. But um, nothing pleases me more to see a kid that actually wants to get into the sport and pays attention and listens and learns from it. And uh, usually what ends up happening is I end up going to talk to the parents and I'm like, hey, listen, uh, your kid's pretty good. Um, if you never thought about it, you should consider getting them into a cart. There's plenty of different carting areas in the, uh, around the area, whether it's asphalt or dirt. Um, there's plenty of tracks, and, and I would pick a path and let them, let them give it a shot. So, um, but it's a great feeling, and, and I hope that th- those kids that do leave here, um, that gain that experience and go on to do bigger things, that they remember us, and, and maybe one day I got their picture and autograph hanging up on our wall. So. One of the things that I love about racing is that, you know, 
not everybody can throw a football. Not everybody can dunk a basketball. Not everybody can hit a baseball or, or uh, excel at a particular uh, team sport. But racing is something uh, – there isn't a person I know that doesn't think that they're a good driver, even, they, even though they might be the worst driver in the world. Yeah, I guess you just watch people coming into the tunnels. You can see who's good and who's not, I guess. But yeah, you're right. Uh, that's what's beautiful about it is um, it's, it's man and machine. And the person who can feel how well that machine is handling around the track and, and how it's getting grip and turning and cornering and, and understands the dynamics of it, you don't have to be athletic to do it. I mean, I've been racing for 18 years now. When, when I first started, I was racing against guys in their 50s and 60s, and, and now I'm starting to become that, that older guy. But, you know, I have friends uh, that are in their 60s and 70s that are still doing it. So there's, there's no retirement age, I feel, in racing other than, you know, if you have some kind of health problem. But, like, football and hockey and baseball, it seems like by the time you're in the 30s, you're too old to play the sport anymore. So that's what's great about racing. And even if you get out of it, you have these things like these karting facilities, these indoor karting facilities that you can still come here and enjoy that stuff uh, even when you're out of the sport. So, Talk a little bit about the karts themselves because obviously it's indoor, so they're electric. Most people, when they think of go-karts, they think of the old lawnmower-type engine go-kart that you know is out at the local park or whatever so these are a little bit different yeah so these carts uh well first off they're they're manufactured uh overseas um it's the manufacturer's called otl um it's a european style cart they are electric it's a 48 volt system um instantaneous torque it's like a miniature tesla i like to tell people they are pretty quick um, a lot of people, there's this consumption that gas carts are just more powerful and faster and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that is the case in certain areas, but when you confine something into a tight space like an indoor facility, electric is where it goes. And then it's clean. Um, so you can come here, you don't smell anything. Um, all you hear is the tires screeching and, and, and the motors rev a little bit. It's not like a V8, um, but... Um, you know, there are sounds to it, and, and it's the real deal. I mean, you, you're, you, when you're on the cart and you're two inches off the ground, and these carts, you know, they'll hit about 20, 27 mile an hour on the straightaway. And in our facility, outside, they'll go up to 50 um, easily. I've, I've done it to make sure. Um, but, you know, when you're two inches off the ground, it feels like you're going 80 mile an hour. So, You know, it's funny. You, you brought up the instantaneous torque. A few years back, I was working for Bobby Rahal at his BMW store, and BMW came out with the i3, which was the, the – they showed the car during the Super Bowl. The commercial was with Katie Kirk and Brian Gumbel, and it, it was – you know, it's like all these other hybrids that, or these other electric cars. It didn't have the neatest styling. It didn't look like a normal car. But what was amazing, it was the quickest BMW 0-45 to 45. And I drove up to the bus stop one day with it, and a couple of the fathers were up there, and one of them had a 6 Series Grand Coupe. And he's like, what are you doing driving that? And I go, it's all electric. You should check it out. I go, it's instantaneous torque. It'll blow you away. He goes, oh, no way. I go, it'll beat your 6 Series 0 to 45. He goes, no way. So I said, go ahead, take it. I said, get on the bottom of the street, turn around in a cul-de-sac, and floor it. And he did. And then when they got up to the top of the bus stop, all you could see were him and the other guy that were in the car. They were grinning from ear to ear. They couldn't believe how quick they are. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can get out of the mentality of gas power is more power um, and actually sit down and experience it, I think a lot of people change their minds once they do that. I mean, a Tesla, my first experience was um, over in Austria. I was there for work. And all the taxi drivers drove Teslas. And it was, I mean, for me, it was awesome because I couldn't wait to get in it. And uh, the guy was really cool. And he's like, you want to see what it does? And I'm like, of course. And uh, it's an open road and he floors it. And, I mean, it threw you into the seat. And, I mean, I've, I've, I've raced cars with 900 horsepower. And probably that's the only other time I've ever been thrown into a seat is driving a Tesla. And, how many people can say that that actually happens? And these carts aren't as quick as a Tesla. You're not going to get thrown into the seat that much, but you will definitely feel a difference. 
you'll feel that sensation, which is really what, what you know what racing's all about. That is correct. I mean, it's all about the feel and relating the feel to how the cards are doing. So. So in addition to what you do with the kids, I know you offer some corporate options, too, for people that maybe want to bring some of their workers or want to have an office party or something along those lines. Uh, talk a little bit about the options that are available for people that would like to do that. Yeah, um, I appreciate you bringing that up because that is a big part of our business. Um, we love doing corporate events. We can fit up to 500 people in our facility, so we can handle uh, pretty sizable ones. We actually have one tomorrow with 70 people that we're excited to host. Um, but we we have plenty of room. We have all these different conference rooms for different sizes. Uh, we have a beautiful mezzanine that overlooks the racetrack. I think we're probably one of the only facilities in the tri-state area that actually has a second floor that looks down onto the racetrack, which is super cool. Um, we do some very creative things uh, that I would like to, that I think that we do uh, better than maybe some other facilities uh, as far as team building activities. Uh, we have some fun challenges where we put soccer balls in front of the go-karts and people have to drive around and you can't drop the soccer ball. Uh, we, we've done triathlons where we break team the groups up into teams and they're competing against each other for best time and, and different things like this. And, uh, and one of the most interesting ones, I have yet to be able to do this, but I, I can't wait till we do. We have a blindfold challenge um, where a driver is blindfolded and then a co-worker guides them around the track and then the team who has the fastest time wins. So that, that one I, I can't wait to do. That one seems exciting. I've tested it myself. We've tested all of these to make sure that they're safe, uh, which they are, and uh, a lot of the corporate events really enjoy them. Now, if somebody wants to come over and have like a birthday party or a office party or you guys can accommodate that, right? Yeah. So what's beautiful about us is we customize everything to whatever the person wants, whether they want one race or they want 10 races. If they got if they're coming by themselves or if it's a group of 150 people, we work with everybody to customize an event that one that they can afford and two, one and more importantly, they can enjoy. Um, and, and we bring catering in. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have food, uh, restaurant-style food here yet, just pop and chips. We are working on it. That is a future plan. But we, we are uh, partnered with a few vendors and catering uh, facilities that would bring in the food for the events as well. Um, so we basically, in short, just customize it based off however the customer wants. So you guys have only been here a little over a year. Yeah, we've uh, just over a year. Um, we had a good, fun year. We're, we're hoping for a stronger year. We want to do more things. Um, the leagues are starting to pick up. The camps are starting to pick up. Um, uh, and we hope to just continue to grow that and just grow overall the awareness of the sport uh, of karting and racing. Did you notice an uptick in your business when the weather got cold, or is it pretty much consistent throughout the year? Uh, well, I mean, we live in Pittsburgh, so how many nice days do we really get? Um, but typically in the winter, it is a lot busier, um, especially around the holidays, just because a lot of people are traveling in um, or, or people are on vacation. Um, and we'll stay pretty busy up till about March, April, once the weather starts breaking. And then, of course, everybody's tired of being stuck inside, and they kind of want to go outside. And, and in the summertime, we, we usually see a downtick. Um, a lot of people travel and camping. Of course, racing season starts for, for all sports, motocross, like all of them. Um, so it starts to die down from there. But we start getting, uh, we'll start getting a lot more kids and, and families coming in and, and experiencing the cart. So. so that's a great option for families this time of year when the weather's bad and they're, maybe their outdoor plants got scrubbed. Pile everybody into the minivan, take a ride up 65, jump in the go-karts. Every, the whole entire family can do it, mom, dad, and the kids. Yeah, what's very unique about our facility, too, is we do family races, so we allow adults to race with their kids. Uh, a lot of f facilities don't do that. It's either a junior race or adult race. Um, so if you do come in with your family, we, do, we, we try to get you guys together because we know you came together. We, you want to have a fun experience together, and we want to give that to you. So it is beautiful whenever the weather is kind of crappy outside and, and there's nothing to do or, or you're tired of looking at your walls or the TV. It's a very great uh, activity to do. And, I mean, these carts are um, with the high power and the techni tech technical course that we got, 
it's very straining. I sh well, I shouldn't say very straining, but uh, it's a workout. Um, it is a very good exercise workout if you're looking for that uh, as well. So, And the kids are safe. I know that all the kids went out with head socks on and with helmets on, and it's it's probably, I don't want to say it's in, impossible to get hurt because you could walk down the street and get hurt, but it's 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 virtually impossible to get hurt driving one of these things. Yeah, I mean, all the barriers have uh, springs attached to them, which give about three feet, uh, which is a lot of movement. Um, we start all the juniors uh, or the kids off on our junior speed. Um, they are able to graduate up to the next speed levels if they can hit a specific time. We just don't hand them out to people. Uh, we want to make sure that your kid's safe. Uh, of course, that's our number one priority, and for adults as well. Uh, we want that, that there is by far our number one priority is the safety and everybody. So we it, it took us, I would say, designing the track and choosing the right track system was probably the longest process of getting us started up because we did want to make sure that we had one of the safest facilities uh, for people to come here and, and enjoy. When you were formulating in your head and what you wanted to do, uh, how'd you go about the research to researching everything out were you, did you make some trips to other indoor karting facilities uh walk me through that a little bit yeah so i mentioned in 2008 you know we seen our first uh indoor go karting facility it's somewhere around that time i, I can't remember so long now but um since then you know we traveled to vegas we were at uh you know some of the big ones k1 speeds uh pole position uh, we met a lot of cool owners, uh, got to talk to a lot of people. Um, so we learned a lot about the karting facilities and how they operated. But the one thing that was unique about our mindset was being racers. I think we took a different look at it uh, for the fact that, for example, we are one of the only facilities in the world that utilizes this barrier system that we, we use, which is called Protex. Um, and able to change the track overnight without shutting down at all. Um, so that gives us the ability to change the track layout. I would say probably 80 to 90% of indoor karting facilities do not do that uh, for the fact that it's difficult and it's time-consuming. Um, but we incorporated that into our design because I'm a local racer. I, there's nothing more enjoyable than to go and race at different racetracks and get different experiences, and I think anybody that's involved in racing um, I think they can say the same, that they love traveling and, and, and getting to experience these different tracks. Um, so we provide that to our customers by changing the track about every three to four months, which gives them a completely different feel. And then on top of that, we also can run our track in the opposite direction, which completely changes um, how, you, how you handle the track. So in total, you can say that we have six different layouts that we run throughout the year which is pretty awesome for, for people that are really into it. Well, and the best thing ab about that is you, you hear so much about drivers with muscle memory and visual cues and things like that, and when you change the track, they're using different muscles. The visual cues all go away. So for the younger racer, it's all about learning and, and uh, you know, filling that notebook in their head. Yeah, exactly, and this is why in the middle of our camp and in our leagues, we do a track change. Um, we, we do that so they don't get this muscle memory, um, so they actually have to learn how to drive the cars and stuff like this, and the leagues love it. The, the, the great thing about our league is it's eight weeks long, and every week we try to do something different, um, which you know, you'll know you find some people are faster in reverse, some people are faster on this layout, some people are faster on a different layout, and it makes it very um, competitive and unique going through the league when you're getting thrown these different scenarios because it really, it really shows the people who learn how to handle the carts and drive the carts, not this muscle memory of, all right, I'm good on this track. Let's just worry about that. Because a lot of that, you know, you see that with the video games and the sim stuff where the kids get on the computer and they run the same track or, you know, they, they, they know exactly where to hit the controller or where to turn the wheel, tap the brake, and this creates a new set of challenges. Yeah, I mean, it's like the saying, you could drive with your eyes closed, right? You get so used to it, you can literally shut your eyes and, and you know exactly where you're going. So that's, I'd say this is probably one of the most unique things about our facility is that we're able to provide this to our customers. 
Have you had any schools reach out to you? When I say school, I mean like a, a grade school or a high school in relating the principles of racing back to, you know, the science, technology, engineering, and math, the STEM programs that seem to be getting, need a lot more attention. I always have thought back that if I would have had a teacher expose some of the concepts to me and related it back to a race car, I, 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 it would have captured my attention a little more. Yeah, you're a hands-on person like me. I mean, I look at the chalkboard and you can write as much as you want, but the visual for me doesn't sink into me. I, I need to actually feel it with my hands and see it up in, up in person. Um, we, we have, we've had some discussions with Quaker Valley School um, as far as I brought it up to them. Um, we really haven't got anywhere with it. Um, I would love to partner with the school to try to do this um, because this is becoming a lot more popular. Um, we didn't have STEM when I was in school. And uh, my son, I mean, he's in third grade now, so he, he's already in these STEM classes, and, and I could see how popular it is. And I think it would be great if these schools, you know, had a field trip or something. They can come down. I can tear a cart apart. They can look at the motors. They can see the brakes. I mean, just in general life, too, these are important things. I mean, how many people can change the brakes on their car? Um, so these are things that we're able, we, we have an opportunity to teach them, and I don't mind doing it um, if we can find someone who's willing to partner with us to do that. So all it takes is somebody with the open mind and the mindset of, you know, let's expose these kids to something different. And the other nice thing about racing, it's be coming gender neutral yeah for sure i mean in my junior league uh one of we have a girl her name's reiner and um she's pretty quick and 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 she's she's fun to, when she's here she she gets along great with all the guys and and it's fun to watch and i know that her dad is in the process of getting her uh into actual racing carts so um, i think she dabbled a little bit in it last year and i think she's going to have a 2020 season where she's going to be racing uh, alongside her brother um, so that's pretty exciting but it is you're right I mean the girls come in they have just as much fun as, as the guys and, and it's great to see when you look at what you've been able to accomplish in the year that you've had three rivers carding open where do you see yourself down the road in a couple of years well I gotta I mean I obviously have a lot of ambition um, I, I want to make the facility better uh, i, I I want to add elevation changes to the track, which will bring a completely different element to it and, and will allow us to have even more layouts to provide to our customers. Um, we are also working on bringing food in so that we can provide our customers uh, with meals as they're waiting for, for races. Sometimes we have two- to three-hour waits on the weekends, so we're trying to give them something else to do. Uh, we're also in the process of installing an axe-throwing arena, um, so this will also give our customers something else to do, and it will help me uh, with the with the corporate events um, so that I can make sure that I'm keeping everybody uh, doing some kind of activity. Um, I would also like to get some racing simulators. I think it would be fun to have some racing simulators in here that people can jump on and play and, and enjoy, and it would be even better if I can maybe even get our track layouts uploaded to those simulators. So those people who... Um, you know, maybe don't want to race on the track or or if we get younger kids in that can't actually, they don't meet the height requirement, we can throw them on a simulator and they can experience it that way too. So uh, very ambitious. I got a lot of plans. I would love to see this place grow. Um, you know, if, if if I was a billionaire, I would probably have three tracks and, and indoor and outdoor and and multi-level, um, but I'm I'm not, so <laughs> we we have to wait for that. But I would hope someday that I can get there. We're well, off to a great start since the green flag's flown. This place is uh, very impressive. I encourage everybody to take a ride. I put your best sales hat on for for the casual sports fans sitting at home. Why should they take a Saturday, Sunday, or some night during the week and take a ride up? Yeah, I mean, if you're watching NASCAR, if you're watching IndyCar and you're sitting on the couch and, I mean, and, and your excitement is getting in your car and driving into the city, like, this is where you need to be. You need to be here uh, experiencing these carts. Um, it, it's, it's funny to see people to come in 
and they're like, ah, they really don't know what to expect. And then once they come out here, they're grinning ear to ear, and they're like, wow, I never expected anything like that. And that's the best feeling for me is is seeing those people that excited about this carding. Are your are, is your dad and gr- grandfather still around? Yeah, yeah, they are. So what, have you brought them down to this? What are their thoughts on this? Uh, I think my my pap's speechless. I, I think he, like there was nothing like this ever. Uh, when he was growing up, so I wanted to get him in the cart, but unfortunately, he he gets claustrophobic now, and uh, he has some trouble breathing. So he, he's I can tell he wants to do it, but at the same time, he knows he shouldn't do it, um, and and he doesn't let the full kid come out of him. My dad, he's been here and he's raced. I mean, he comes and he races, especially when we have events. He goes out there and and. Uh, he he put he, he puts on a clinic to some of the the younger drivers. So, how much fun are you enjoying tying your passion for racing into your business? I don't think I can do anything else other than this. Like, once I've stepped into this role and I've gone down this path, like I cannot imagine myself doing anything else. Um, and I couldn't be more happy of the way things have been going, and especially the people that I've met um, in this past year. I've met a lot of people that I probably never would have met in my life. And um, i got to thank this business for it and, and the sport, the sport of racing. So um, I'm, I'm super excited about it, and, and uh, I wouldn't change anything. So how do we get the fans that walk through the door here to take what they've experienced here and take a Saturday night and go out to PPMS or take a Friday night and go out to Lernerville or if they're up towards Sharon, go to Sharon? How do we get those folks to go experience dirt track racing? Well, I think one of the things is, so when they show up here, they're going to see some of these cars. Uh, my late model sitting down there. there. we got a sprint car from Timmy Schaefer uh, that's on the track. We even have a mod light um, sitting out there um, right now. Once racing season starts, you know, some of those cars will be gone. But, you know, the biggest thing is what I would like to see is uh, myself and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motors, uh, Motor Speedway have partnered together. Uh, where I have some uh, advertising at their facility, and I also advertise them here. I would like to see that with all these facilities. I don't know why we can't get together. And, um, you know, it's free advertisement for all of us. Um, when kids come in and, and they look at the banners or adults and they see racing Saturday at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Motor Speedway or Sharon, like some of these people don't even know uh, that these tracks are around. Uh, I would say 90% of the customers that I come through my door aren't really involved in racing this is just a fun activity for them and this is the best way to kind of get them into it if i can get them into uh having a fun time and enjoying what i provide as far as karting and stuff like this they can take that and be like i wonder what else is out there what else is going on in it and there's no other better way than to have signage here showing people that that they can do that and these are the places that they need to go and experience it and then the other things We've done um, with Sharon in Pittsburgh was give out tickets. Um, and I would like to see more tracks jump on the bandwagon with that. I mean, uh, what's it cost to get a new person to come in to see, see your facility? I mean, to me, it's, it's not, it costs you nothing. Um, you know, print out some, some tickets. We'll do some raffles. Fastest, you know, fastest 100 people at the track, at, at my track, will get entered into a drawing. They'll win some free tickets to go to the races. And, and maybe you'll get a new fan. You hit the nail on the head. I was talking with some promoters uh, on a grander scale at some of the big speedways across the country, and they say some of the most expensive money they they spend is on customer acquisition and not so much on getting a new customer in, but getting the customer that's been there but hasn't come back it's getting them to come back. They said that's one of the most expensive propositions they have. And they said, you know, we have to do the things like offer up tickets, tip tickets and food packages. He said, because that's the only way we're going to get them to come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to take it another level higher. I think you have to sell them a great experience. Um, if you can't sell them a, a good experience the first time, and you only have one shot. You know, if it's a new customer, I, I run my business this way. I got one shot to make sure that that customer comes back. And if it's their first time there, I need to give them the best experience that I can possibly give them 
That way they leave happy and pleased, and it's going to make them want to come back. I, I think if you miss that opportunity, the, the, the risk or the chances that they're going to come back is very, very slim. So you've got to do that. And then, and then if you fail on that part, now you're fighting to get them back by giving out all these promotions and stuff like this. If you sell them a, very, uh, a great experience the very first time, the next time you offer them a, a free hot dog and a Coke, they're going to be more likely to come back. And that, that's my thought process on it, um, but th- and that's how I try to run my facility. So, um, and, and it, you see that when it works. I mean, we can see when it works. And what's, that's, what's nice about me, it's a little bit easier. We're a little bit more high-tech than, I would say, um, the dirt tracks. You know, everything's ticket-based and, and, and cash and credit card-based. But us, I keep a track of everybody who steps foot in my facility. Um, everybody's required to create a profile. And then I can see how many times they come back, when they come back, how often they come back. I see all this stuff, and that's the way that I'm able to track it and, uh, and, and know if I'm actually doing my job by creating a great experience for these people. So we got about, a, I'd say, the rest of February, so a couple of days left in February, and we got basically March and April before the local dirt tracks uh, fire up. So this is the opportunity now for – parents before all the spring baseball and all that other stuff starts bring the kids out and check the place out and have a good time on any day during the week yeah we want to have you check us out on three rivers carding.com make sure you take a look at our specials page Uh, we run specials throughout the week um, and then sometimes on the weekends we so we do different things to help uh, you know get people in throughout the week and we do some cool things at night, too. We do some Cosmo carting, which no, nobody really does in the area, where we turn all the lights out and we light up the track with LED strips. Um, and that's a fun experience. So we like to have fun. If you want to have fun, you got to come here. Daryl Charlier, thanks for joining us on the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Scott. Thanks to Daryl Charlier and the entire staff of Three Rivers Carting for making us feel so welcome. And thanks to you for joining us, race fans. Don't forget to stay up to speed on all of the local racing news, as well as the latest in the world of NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars at PittsburghRacingNow.com. Any use of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Pittsburgh Racing Now is prohibited. As always, race fans, thanks for logging on. My name's Scott Stiller. We will talk to you next week.